Okay. Gather around. See, kids, when I was younger, way back in the days before the internet, still playing with action figures, they were all like big, beefy, like He-Man and, and G.I. Joe, and they, they were larger than life. And wrestling was on in the morning times on the weekends. And they were like living action figures to me. I mean, they, they were larger in life as well. So around the time when I was about 11 or 12, and this was before, you know, everybody heard about movies months, years in advance, No Holds Barred was coming out. And this was the thing. It was Zeus. This huge, crazy-looking guy and Hulk, Hulk Hogan, the larger-than-life man. I didn't know anything about it. I just knew it was going to be epic and no holds barred. And that was all me and my friends could talk about. And that was around the time when they were just starting to, you know, there was a movie called The Wizard because they just, uh, it was Super Mario Brothers 3 is in it. And they were trying to do everything they could to make kids interested in movies and early product placement and all that good stuff. But WWF superstar Hulk Hogan was going to be in a no holes barred movie. And that would, that was everything to me. And so now fast forward to today, we've, we've seen a lot of wrestlers make the jump. I mean, I'm sure he'll come up today, but the rock is one of the biggest action stars in, in, in cinema. And there are many others that have crossed over from just gimmicks to legitimate actors. So we're preparing the ingredients for a hot piping fresh bag of six. Today we are drafting the most memorable wrestling performances in movies history because this is Pain Productions, baby. And with me today is Curtis Allen. Good to see you again, bud. I'm like that. Oh, you got me amped up to that. Right? No holes barred. It had its own theme song. It was very <laughs> 80s, hair metal, and all I remember is the chorus of the guy going, Well, there's no holes barred. No, yeah. there's not. Mm-hmm. The movie was terrible. I mean, it, it had, oh. it was like, it was about like television ratings and all the stuff that kids are really into, but we were all just wait, do the battle, just do the final fight, man, just do it. Well, that was actually written and produced by Vince McMahon and some of his people. So I can only imagine the amount of drugs that were going on at that time <laughs> when they wrote that movie. And, you know, it's art imitating life. Probably everything on his mind was nothing but television ratings and how to manipulate them and how to get a bigger share and all that. But kind yeah, of stuff. that was everything. Didn't and now um, translating it to the target audience at the time. Nah, kids just wanted to go see the Hulkster on the big screen. He was ripped. <laughs> That was his name. And yeah. It wasn't Paul. He was Rip. Rip. <laughs> it ripped. It works, man. Yeah, dude. And so, by the before we get started, how you doing, man? It's been too long since you've been on. Yeah, I know. I thought you had blackballed. I thought I was not allowed <laughs> on productions anymore. You know. <laughs> Come on now. I thought, okay, I see how it is. Ryan <laughs> has built this monstrosity off of my brain and hard work, and now he's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doing okay, man. I'm doing okay. Um, you know, for, for people that have listened to the podcast before, uh, you know me from radio. Um, I'm back on the radio as of about a week and a half, two weeks ago as we're recording this. And uh, it's good. You can find me on 101.3 WMCI if you're a country fan or 104.3 The Party uh, if you're a fan of top 40 music. So, uh, that's where I'm at these days, man. Where are those stations? Like, where, where's your radius if people are wanting to tune in? I guess you're on the internets, right? Are you streaming? Yeah, well, yeah. Yep, streaming. There's apps, too. Free apps for both of them. Um, but it's East Central Illinois, you know. Um, not quite into Champaign, but you can catch me just a little bit south of Champaign, uh, basically from Effingham up to, like, Tolono, and then it's far east uh, past Terre Haute, Indiana. So I'm all, I cover a good portion of East Central Illinois yeah. and West Indiana. So I'm, it's where, I, it's where uh, a lot of people started to know me, actually. Uh, before I, I came to work in Champaign, I was with Cromwell uh, Media, Cromwell Radio for, man, I don't know, the better part of a decade. 
as a program director there and then ended up in Champaign with the Illini radio group for six, seven years. And, uh, so now you're in Terre Haute, right? Yeah. Is that in Terre Haute? I've been to Terre Haute once, one time. It's Why? the only time I've ever been. Well, actually, it's That's radio. Fun. It's radio connected. Actually, our old night guy, Dan Andrews was a fighting tree man he was a sycamore and he went to indiana state university and he did our night show and we were still live back then Mm -hmm. and i used to hang out in the studio and we'd go to like office two or stuff when he when he got off the air catch a couple drinks before closing time because that's when his night started you know and uh he's like hey buddy um i'm heading down to Terre haute for derby days he was a he was in a fraternity there yeah you want to come and i'm like ah yeah why not you know i'm young single all that kind of stuff never been before but we ended up you know leaving champagne at midnight i forget what time we got to his buddy's house we <laughs> partied through the night oh, God. ended up at some kegs and eggs bar like Right when they opened, I we, we didn't. It was like a homecoming thing, too. I think we were supposed to go to a football game. There was a parade, the whole deal. Yeah. Everything like after 8 a.m. was a blur. And that that was that's my terrible experience. So most of the actual town I remember was 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 limited and spotty. But so I remember the, the gentleman who put us up for the night. I remember <laughs> Hanging out at his house till till sunrise before we could head down and, and start pre-gaming for the tailgate, even though that was post-gaming. Yeah, so that was that. Uh, the uh, life of Leskis. Uh, of- a lot of, lot of Crown Royal. That was their thing, dude. You know what? Uh, I, I have experienced in Terre Haute a lot of Crown Royal and a lot of wrestling as well, sir. The whole <laughs> There you go. Way to tie it back in. There. Yeah, we'll tie it all back in together. I used to, when they would have WWF and WCW live events at the Holman Center in the 80s and 90s, they always did meet and greets when tickets were on sale. Nice. And uh, the guy who was there the most, because he was from the area, was the great Bobby the Brain Heenan. So I remember meeting Bobby Heenan a couple of times at the Holman Center and like being nervous, like, what am I going to say to him? And I remember the first time I walked up, I was real quiet. And he said, look at this young humanoid. And I stuck out my picture <laughs> to sign it. And he gave it back to me. And I looked up and he looked up and I said, thanks, weasel. And he just cracked up. It was like the last thing he expected from this dorky little kid. was. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a laugh out of Bobby Heenan. So. Humanoid, dude. Wrestlers always have the greatest, like, off kilter, like, slang terms for people that they always coin, you know, either slap nuts or humanoid or, you know jabronis and all that kind of stuff. man it's beautiful i don't have Bobby s- on my list though but you know he he was a, a great ambassador for wrestling so. no, i'm sure yeah. well all right my man let's kick this off oh man yeah now i'm having all these flashbacks to derby digs <laughs> that was a trip man for some reason i was never were you in a fraternity i was never in a fraternity well, not my scene wasn't yeah so they had they had like their letters i forget what they were like pi lambda phi something lambda lambda uh, lambda yeah. something like that but i remember it was the last one was phi or chi they um they assume they they used the music from alive from pearl jam yeah and made their own like frat song out of it so there was like all oh, these random anytime it came on there was this random sing-along with everybody it was like i love Bum, bum, fire. and it was it was really a thing dude it was it was something I, I i i always observed fraternity like shenanigans from the outside looking in and this one was no different it was it was it was quite a thing it was like anytime that pearl jam sing and of course it happened to come on probably like six times throughout the night and it's like all right man i i i, I get it now i okay man we can we can it's like the people that sing uh, American Pie at a bar that needs to Ooh. do drink drinking beer with my fucked up friends, you know. Like we okay, we 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 all we we get it. But I digress. All right, acting performance. So, so these might not be the best acting. Like you know, nobody's confusing these people with Daniel Day Lewis for the most part. Some of them, you know, 
running mates. Some of them are that good, but one way or not, we were entertained because a lot of mine are really small parts. A lot of them are cameos. Not many of mine are starring roles per se. Mm. So, um, but the performance itself is what stuck with me. So, well, here's what I did. I had, I had some parameters and I tried to go with, uh, first of all, uh, they had to be in my, in my world, they had to be roles where they weren't playing a pro wrestler. Okay. So like check Hulk Hogan, maybe the most famous wrestler ever. He was a wrestler in Rocky three. And a lot of people remember him as the character Thunderlips that mm-hmm. has a charity, a charity fight with Rocky. So right. I didn't think, like I didn't pick Hogan because he's playing a wrestler. In that one. But maybe just maybe I've got the holster from some of his other fine films uh, on my list here, perhaps. Okay. So there was that. And also, I tried to make sure that they were either leading roles or at least uh, a prominent role in the film. I tried to go more than just games. All right, man. You might have me beat then as far as meaty, meaty bits. I have some no of mine are some beat. of mine are very small. I have no doubts I'm going to win this. This one is. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no chance. Well, then, as my guest and as, you know, my what did you say before we start recording? You have over 30. Yeah, I think I got like uh, 36 here. That I <laughs> then please, by all means, lead us off on this bag and of six the, draft. I want the listeners of Fame Productions to know this was off the top of my head, too. I didn't need to go for this. My man. Because I love wrestling and movies that much. All right. So I'm taking my first pick. Uh, if this guy, it was his only leading role that he had. Mm. But it's super, super memorable, especially to fans of horror movies. And it was with the great director, John Carpenter. Uh, it provided one of the most famous lines from an action movie ever. I am here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. There you I'm go. All out of bubblegum. The hot rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper in They Live is my first pick, sir. Yes, yes. I almost incorporated that line into my introduction in drafting and podcasting in, in the kick-ass and shoe bubble gum, but I, I figured it was going to come up and I didn't want to spoil it. That is, that's a great one, dude. Thank you. And on that movie, there's a lot of, lot of stuff for Hollywood where it's historic. Like, it's got the longest fight. Yes. Yeah. And it's something like 11 minutes of Roddy Piper and Keith David beating the crap out of each other. Um, I mentioned the kick ass and chew bubble gum line. That line mm-hmm. fallen a million times over. And Carpenter to this day says Piper had lived that. It wasn't written. They just Roddy walks really? in. The, yeah, that Roddy walks in the scene, walks in the bank. And a prep, you know, they live is basically about a little bit about zombies, a little bit about corporate manipulation and consumerism. It's a lot of things that were going on in the 80s that Carpenter took issue with. But Piper walks into a bank with the shotgun. And all the zombie aliens are staring at him. And you know, I come here to kick ass. And yeah. Bubble gum. And I'm uh-huh. all bubble gum. Yeah. Oh, so, a lot of people have appropriated it to today's culture, but this is not a political podcast yeah. about who's who's really wearing the glasses now. You know, I mean, that movie's resonated with people for decades. And yeah, the fight itself has even been par- like family guy. Like there's a lot of places where they've used like actual scene for scene like battles. It. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. yeah. It. Wasn't what, it Jimmy and Timmy? Jimmy and Timmy, yeah. in an 11 minute fight in an episode, they were gonna <laughs> fight on the playground, and they mimic the movie blow for blow, dude. Which is just, like, and Trey Parker and Matt, so it was one of those, they didn't even build up to it like we're doing a parody of the film. It's right. just in the middle right. of the fans of that movie, like, oh my god, they're doing they live, and then afterwards, both of them talked online, yeah, of course, we love that, we love John Carpenter. We love that fight scene. It was perfect. So that's my first picture. They live starring the late great hot rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Beautiful. I figured you would have gone hell. Hell comes to Frogtown, but you know. Uh, <laughs> All right. Mine, mine is not a starring role, but it, it's a prominent role in the movie. And, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you're goofing around with your friends, you kind of you, you mess with each other, you know, give them shit, fuck around with them. But when you take things too far, they'll give you the, all right, man, I mean it, stop. But when anybody says, I mean it, I always have to drop in 
does anybody want a peanut? And therefore, I am choosing Andre the Giant, who played Fezzik in The Princess Bride, as one of the greatest roles, man. Like, his presence is is otherworldly as it is, but they figured out a way to make him kind-hearted. You know, he swishes teams, but even, like, when he's supposed to, you know, kill Carrie Elwes as he's coming up, and he, and, you know, he's yelling at him, you know, do it your way. As soon as he comes around, you know, what's my way? And he's like, pick up a rock. And as soon as he comes around, hit him in the head with the rock. My <laughs> way doesn't sound very sportsmanlike. <laughs> like just the little nuance of some of the lines he gives is just great. But, you know, he ends up uh, catching the princess and has this full like turnaround. You never really buy him as a bad guy. You never really, oh. you know. You don't really buy Mandy Patinkin as a, as a bad guy either. I mean, but everything about that that role is just it's a lovable giant, man. And uh, I still to this anytime. Does anybody want a peanut? <laughs> no more rhyming. I mean it. You know, it's just I love that so much, dude. And from a kid through today, I'll still watch it even without my kids. I love that movie. I uh, I dated a girl. Uh, in high school and uh, the first date went kind of so-so we were uh, hanging out at her house and she had a cat the cat really liked me and uh, and finally I said what's this what's this uh, Gato's name she goes oh that's Fez and I go like Fezzik and it was just like this (laughs) you named your cat after Andre the Giant and the Princess Bride I think I love you Exactly. That's like you're in. Now, love right there, buddy. <laughs> that was going to be my next pick. An excellent choice, sir. All right, dude. Well, they're all downhill for me from here on out. So yeah. I, I figured I had it. Not only was that one of my favorites, but I figured I had to get that one early. That's a that's a great one right there. That's a huge one. No pun intended with Andre, but uh, such a memorable role and uh, just a great, great film too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So this one. Also from the 80s. Uh, also, not a leading role, but a prominent role in a film. All right. And it uh, gave me one of my favorite lines in any action movie ever. You know, I'm a fan of action. You know, I'm a fan of horror. You know what I'm going to say? I, I do. Ain't time to time bleed. bleed. Yeah. Jesse the Body Ventura in Predator, sir. Ugh, that one's what stinks. a role. What, a, what an iconic for action movies, people that are fans of Predator, like Predator to me is one of those perfect horror movies because it's not about the monster necessarily as much as it is about paranoia and can you trust people and uh, and Jesse's such a badass and he's got the big gun too, you know, just blowing away these trees in the jungle and <sighs> love it. Oh yeah. He he plays like <clears throat> these stereotypical, like they all kind of have their roles. You know, we have mm-hmm. like the indigenous tracker. We have like the smart alecky, you know, Shane Black with the glasses we yeah. have. And we have our, our, our badass redneck, dude. And the only, yeah. the only, and it has nothing to do with performance or your pick or anything like that, but really did they have to name him Blaine? That's a that's very not... 80s name to me. Blaine's a very maybe that was see was Blaine his last name because they a lot of them went by their last name. But there's Blaine and Hawkins and you know. True, true. Yeah, that could have been his, that helps. I imagine his first name was something like Tank, like Tank Blaine or something. <laughs> Tank Blaine, yeah. Billy Blaine. Um, no, Billy was the other guy. Sorry, I couldn't. They couldn't yeah. both have Billy's, but uh, mm-hmm. and also hey, the gun, old painless. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like ripped off of a helicopter. It was, and it was it just tore. Like I always remember, like the jungle was like shredded whenever it was done. You know when, mm-hmm. and one of those iconic death scenes too. The way like his, you can see ribs. You know, like his rib cage was completely Horror. like fused yeah. out. Yeah, it was super again very gory, like very, very gnarly. Not not as not as gory as poor billy but um yeah but yeah it was it was something you know i was i was probably way too young to be watching it when i watched it so it was a little bit like oh 
same. Yeah, yeah. I watched a lot of horror movies with my dad that I probably should have never watched as a as a little kid. Predator's on that list, but yeah. I mean, I love the. I still love that character. I love like they're on the helicopter going in the jungle, and he's got the boombox. Jam and Little Richard gonna have some fun tonight to get amped up before they go in and kill whatever they're gonna kill. You know, and he's got the chewing tobacco and Carl Weathers, <laughs> the nasty habit you got there. This will turn you into a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> what a line. Right. And then spits right across the boot, it's you know, like yeah, spits chewing tobacco all over his boot. Just just love it. So there's my next pick, sir. Jesse the Body Ventura in Predator. Fantastic. All right. Hmm. Now I gotta up my game. You gotta be ready. I told you. I'm going, I can I could if we weren't doing we can make this a bag of 18. And I, don't. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> Bag of 24. Watch out. <laughs> All right. So I, I have to take this one. Okay. Because it is one of the movies I may have watched the most times in college. It's up Uh-oh. there. There's, there's Days of Confused. Yeah. This movie and for some odd reason, maybe the original Austin Powers, you know, back when we when you had VHS tapes, but you had only some, not a lot. Yeah. You traded them with other people on your floor or your friends or whatever. But um, speaking of the aforementioned Zeus, Tiny Lister, uh, hanging out on the porch, I had to take Debo from Friday, man. Wow. OK. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just it's my bike punk. Like what you got on my 40 homie, like all that stuff, just his villainous I mean, in his in his everything was tight on him. But the uh, the, yeah. the 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 flannel shirt, the the little beach cruiser and the squeak of the bike when he's coming down the street and just, yeah, Devo, you know. Was like the perfect villain for a comedy, like, you know, in, in, in the bike itself was kind of funny, but you knew. Guys like that in the neighborhood, they were kind of a bully, you know, even when Chris Tucker says, like, I got mind control over Debo. That's right. He tells me, be quiet. I listen. But when he leaves, I'll be talking again. Like, you know, the whole, you know, when he takes Red's chain, that whole that back and forth. Not as great as in the second one, but still makes a returning appearance. But I'm I'm taking the performance in the first one. Debo, as I refer to him. Who's coming? Debo. And you just hear that. <laughs> what bite? Love that movie and love his performance in it. Excellent choice. A little bit of a curveball because, you know, Tiny Lister was only a wrestler for a short time, there, but I'll, I'll allow it. I'm not going to debate it. It counts. It counts. It counts. Yeah. It counts. He was a wrestler. He was a, he was a wrestler. He competed against the holster at SummerSlam, sir. I'll allow it. Inside a steel cage, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I didn't take that many. It's not like I'm picking Arquette or like, you know, anybody like that. I mean, there was some legit. Well, I mean, Arquette's a former world champion. David <laughs> okay, so that counts. I'm, not I'm taking the newest movie. Scream movie. There you go. I need to see the new Scream. I haven't seen it. I thought it. you were going. Well, I was going to go last week, opening weekend, and uh, a friend of mine uh he and i go up to all the horror movies and he had a a covid scare and ah. at his house they had to be safe in quarantine i was like i get it man so you know it's one of those things though where the more weeks pass i may just wait for it to be streaming because it's going to be on <laughs> it's be on paramount i think it's right paramount will have it by the end of february but i really gotta see it though but anyways all right i'm gonna get a little controversial with my next pick what was that movie that our Arquette was in about wrestling. Ready to rumble. That's it. That's the one. Okay. And let me tell you, an underrated comedy. <laughs> You're gonna sing the praises of Ready to Rumble. I all will. Right. It's oh my god, it makes me. But not not because of Arquette. It's all the people with like Oliver Platt in it, and uh, Martin Landau's got a small role in it. And little things like just all these famous actors that have little bit roles. Right. Clearly, like. Ted Turner and WCW spent money just to get these people in the movie or whatever. Right. It's like the inverse of what we're, you know, whereas real movies sometimes have 
cameos of wrestlers. They they like flipped it on his ear. Well, cameos of actors. Like Joey Fan, <laughs> yeah, he plays the villain. But anyways, all right, all right, man, go on. Your number three pick, sir. My number three pick. It might stir the hornet's nest of some of our listeners, sir. It might get you. It's a fairly new film going back just a couple of years to 2018. Ooh. And a uh, first major starring role for this guy. And it also introduced the world on the big screen to butt chugging. I'm going with John uh, Cena in Blockers. You love that movie, thing. man. I, here's why. Here's why. I went into it with low, low expectations. I, good, I good. one of those movies where I turned on having no expectations, thinking I'm going to spend more time scrolling through my phone and Facebook and Instagram than watching the movie. And I laughed my ass off for an hour. <laughs> I laughed and laughed at that. And it, again, this ain't Scorsese I'm watching. I know what I'm getting. It's called Blocker. Sure. Like the right. thing are these parents that are trying to keep their, uh, I believe they're either graduating high school seniors or college freshmen, their kids from, you know, losing their virginity. Right. So that they, that part's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. The plot itself, like let's it's, let's not but yeah I'm, I mean, keep going but it, it's a it's a funny cast it's mm, i mean yeah and i think that uh cena plays his role he's the, supposed to be the, the straight lace nerdy dad but he's also the giant muscle bound and all that and uh and again butt chuggy it's hilarious <laughs> was that the first time he did like the comb over was he like prominently yeah. flat top before that because i feel well, like he, that's the first time i saw him with like hair hair yeah he started to grow hair for that role and a couple other movies that came out after and then, like but he was still showing up on wwe tv to help promote his movies right and he just looked weird with hair yeah he, he still looks weird with hair like <laughs> i know he, it's I don't know. I like Peacemaker. I'm going to say that you should check out Peacemaker. It's fun. It is uh, fun. But he looks weird with hair. Don't like it. Yeah, it. but it, it, if he keeps doing comedic roles, you know, I think it kind of adds, like, his whole appearance is just very cartoonic. You know, like, yeah, just the way, I mean, his features itself are very defined. And, like, you know, as he's getting older, they're more, like, and as he lost weight, you know, they're not as like stretched out. They're more like, I don't yeah. know how to describe it. He's like, he's almost got like a rubber face or something. It's, it's, it's crazy, but he saying? uses it to his advantage. Are you saying that Cena was on steroids or something? What are you trying to say? No, it's just like when you see okay. old offensive linemen that aren't like putting there you go. 30 pounds of mass on, they can finally eat like a normal human and like, you know, they don't have to keep up to be three Oh five to perform on Sundays. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah, they're just, you know, they just happen to be six foot four, but they don't have to be three forty. you know, they can be whatever two fifty and look like, you, you know, <laughs> but it, it takes a lot out of their visage, man. Wow. Yeah, man. You, I, Ike Barinholtz is great in blockers. I, I do. I, I liked it better than I thought I would, but I think I had the opposite. You know, I, I feel like comedies had had really taken a dip after, you know, everybody was commenting on what should and shouldn't be allowed in comedic movies. So they tried to go a little bit. It started to be more of a physical comedy instead of like raunchy comedies or, you know, anything that could be deemed too offensive. And so I really thought this one would be more it's on that, like, throwback to like the raunchy comedy area and it did have its moments but you know i think i i came in with the opposite i was like all right man this is going to be great you know hey, leslie man ike Barinholtz, you know i'm like okay let's go and it didn't really hit me where i needed it to all right what's your third pick it's a great pick though man i'm, I'm not i'm not i'm not shitting on your pick sir thank you all right my third pick all right, I, like again, I think a lot of mine are more obscure, so I'm gonna take another big hitter. Uh -oh. I'm gonna take uh, nobody really even knew this guy was. Well, I guess there should. I guess I couldn't go that route because I feel like people that love comic books do also love wrestling in some weird Venn diagram. But taking Batista as Drax the Destroyer from the original Guardians uh -huh. of the Galaxy, baby. Yeah, good pick. His dry humor is just is wonderful. It gets a little bit 
overblown in the second one. So I'm taking the performance in the first one, yeah. you know, where he's still a little bit more. I mean, he's still bloodthirsty. He's more the character. But, uh, you know, just just stuff where, like, you know, I mastered the ability of standing so incredibly still that I become invisible to the eye. Like, you know, when he would deliver that with just his deadpan, like the way he interacts, it was it was a much needed. Like voice in the in the gang, so to speak, you know, you have this crew you know, and you got the boisterous personality of Pratt and you've got Cooper going crazy. You got Groot just saying the one words, but like the balance, the counterbalance to that was Drax and the stoic demeanor, but the way he's delivering his lines that are still funny was just a wonderful balance. It's just the chef's kiss on, on like getting the band together. And I, I love that performance, man. And so, yeah, had to take that. No, good pick. It was on my list. Uh, I love the scene where uh, Drax discovers alcohol and uh, <laughs> he gets drunk and he thinks he starts to realize he's not feeling the same as he normally would sober. I, I think that's a hilarious scene. It's an excellent pick. And it made made Dave Batista a superstar. Like that was a role that right. after that people were like, all right, well, this pro wrestler is trying to go the route of the rock and some of these other guys and trying to do stuff in Hollywood. And he was getting the stereotypical, you know, tough guy enforcer yeah. role. And Simple Mean Drax is still a tough guy and enforcer. Right. Like, he's he's got a, a big part of the Marvel universe. So right. But you know, then he'll do like, what if someone does something irksome and i decide to remove his spine like you know like that delivery yeah that's a tough guy role but the way he delivers things is just like it's it's beautiful it's it's well written it, it suits him perfectly he doesn't have to do so much acting and still be effective but he, he does it well and i think that's why you got you know future roles a lot of straight to streaming stuff although did the did the one where he was the bodyguard go to the theater yep or the little yeah i thought it did I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but the little girl. Yes. It's like a name of a person. Yeah. I can't think of the name of it either, but it's basically kindergarten cop. Yeah. Uh, um, I know the. I watched it. I just watched it. I can't think of it. Not I, I was it. I was it. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it's good. It's okay. It's a fun little popcorn flick. It's got. Right. It's and, on my list. Yeah. Not too bad. It's in my queue. No. stuff just keeps jumping in. <laughs> I'll tell you one that one of his recent films that is great. Uh, I mean, he's not the lead in it, but he's a part of the film Dune. You haven't seen Dune yet. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I enjoyed that. I, I watched it at home, not on the theater. That's when I should have probably seen it on the big screen after watching it at home. I'm like, man, this I bet this really popped on, the, on IMAX. <laughs> Still so. fantastic. Number four to you. All right, man. I had I had to really think about this fourth pick because the man that uh, has this role for this movie, at this point, I think he's made a hundred movies, and he's arguably the biggest star in Hollywood. And he started a little show on HBO called Ballers that I know. You <laughs> Stop! Don't. They're not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm talking about Dwayne The Rock. Johnson. And I had to think about like what really is his best movie. Not his most popular, but the one that top to bottom. Don't you take my pick, Curtis. Don't you take it, man. All right, go. And it's actually one of his first leading, it might be his first leading role, starring himself along with Christopher Walken and Rosario Dawson and uh, Stifler. I'm talking about The Rundown. That's a fantastic movie. I own it on DVD. I own the rundown as well. Uh, the Rock plays uh, basically a, a hitman, a mercenary, uh, a bodyguard, and uh, he's been tasked with uh, doing one last job for this crime boss, and it involves retrieving a priceless item uh, from the jungle. And uh, I don't want to get too deep into it, spoil it, but it is probably <laughs> don't spoil the rundown. I'm don't you dare, <laughs> nobody. <laughs> I don't want to spoil any movies. <laughs> I don't want to spoil any film. I'm just trying to give the, the idea, the, the basic plot of the film. All right, all right. And uh, I think, if memory serves me, it's got, as far as the movies The Rock's been in, it's got the best range for like Rotten Tomatoes, and 
IMDb. Maybe there's really? a Fast and Furious one that's ranked a little bit higher than this, but The Rundown is a really, really good movie. Just a good, fun action flick. Oh, yeah. I loved it. And uh, it's Christopher Walken. I love when I hear <laughs> I know. Every, everybody forgets that part of it. Yeah. And like when he's fighting the little guys that kept swinging in on the vines and stuff, like I remember it was entertaining on a whole new level and that yeah that put him on the, that put him on the map what's this monkey doing established dominance <laughs> right. so it's my choice sir number four the rock in the mm. run you can go ahead and have fast five or obs and shaw whatever it is you're gonna pick mm. that's where you think i'm going huh should i just go ahead and do my rock now then once i did my rock you can do your rock is it gonna all be- right can well, I, I I am not taking any of the fast franchise, though I will argue his oh, role in the fifth God. was the best one. Thank God. I did not choose Hobbs and Shaw because I also feel like I still enjoy watching them in movies. Um, are you picking another rock movie? You can if you want. Yeah. So I don't well, want to go through this, some of the catalog. I've got some on the, on the back burner here if I really need them. All right, I'll stop. I, I know you won't pick a Fast and Furious. I have no problem. Yeah, naming those have no. you even made your way through them yet have you have you have you graduated i watched the first one i watched the first come one that was like eight come months on. ago come yeah, on i thought i sold you on the second one well i've been busy <laughs> <laughs> i've been busy you're never too busy to watch too fast too furious man i thought I mean, that was the one that sucked no way what's the one where it's no. tokyo drift Isn't that tokyo drift pretty rough man okay that one's pretty rough it t- completely goes off of of canon like it's not oh. it doesn't include any of them it's it's weird so what's your rock movie? It's all right a- my rock movie you know i'm a uh, you know how big of a fan i am of mikey bay you know i am that's my guy yeah and yeah. i was kind of trying to lead up the fact that you know rock if you're talking Hobbs and shaw he's become like this asexual like disney star where he's just gleaming with charisma but like you know we don't really do anything too bad yeah. you know you know swear too much unless yeah. we're doing a rap song <laughs> have you heard that one it's about pride it's about passion. <laughs> yeah. and take what's ours um but he doesn't really you know dabble in the end i'm not blaming him get that bag dude make that disney money do whatever yeah. you want but Mikey Bay uh, put together a, a film based on true events. Yeah. And The Rock kind of has probably one of his quote unquote dirtiest roles ever. And I, I'm taking him as Paul Doyle in Pain and Gain. Man, what a, a, a true story. And a, a, it's a good movie. I love but it. That story is so messed up. And what yeah, if you actually read the- <laughs> is quick. But like the whole time I'm, I was watching with, you know, it's got Mark Wahlberg in it. And the whole time I watched Pain and Gain, because I knew that story. I had I had followed that story from back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, wow, Michael Bay's making this into a movie. I'm sure it'll be very Michael Bay and wacky. And, you know, it'll be very colorful and flashy and all that, which it was. But the whole time I'm watching, like, these dudes really did this. Like, yeah. they really kidnapped and tortured a guy and forced him to sign over all this money and all this crazy stuff that they did. And it was a pain and gain was on my list of, of films to choose from as well. So it's, it's my favorite role of his. And like, you know, they even keep saying it because there's this infamous scene in there where Wahlberg throws a bunch of hands on the grill and tells the rock he's got a grill, the fingerprints off of these hands. Yeah. And he's like, what, you know, and uh, you know, to paint a picture for those that haven't seen it, I highly recommend, I think it's on Hulu right now, but, uh, the Rock is an is an ex con. He he got too into you know cocaine and kind of had a, a second coming of you know what do they call it? born again Christianity. But yes. these guys work out at this gym and they convince him to do this job with them, and he falls off the wagon and you know coked out Rock is just all I really need to say to you guys because the bank robbery scene, a lot of the other ones, I mean the the neighborhood watch scene, those are epically funny, but like. Him to just think about grilling hands, human hands. I mean, that could go so wrong in so many different ways, but he does it in his rock way where it's like 
he's at like a neighborhood bar, like the neighbor waves and he waves back. And then like in the corner, it says, remember, this is based on a true story. Like they keep hitting you over the head with it. They really did this stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. They say it more than once throughout the movie. Like, now remember, (laughs) this really happened. And I think he's an agglomeration of of a few different people that are built into one role. But yeah, I mean, some of the funniest scenes, dude. I mean, that guy is just off, literally off the rails. I mean, even when he's he's got, I think Shaloub, yeah, Shaloub's the guy. Yeah, they kidnap and they got him blindfolded, and the rocks like reading magazines to him, and he gets to like Newsweek, and it says like Unabomber on the front, and he's like, "Ooh, scary!" Like you know, <laughs> and then the guy tries to get away, but he's blindfolded and he's running around, and he just pops him, and he's like, "You know, yeah. the good Lord bless me with the talents to just knock people the fuck out." So don't try that again. Like it's like I said, it's it's. I wish he had a little bit more of this in his arsenal because he does do it very well. But I, I, I highly recommend anybody watch Pain and Gain. I, I, I love it. And that's my number four, sir. That's a good choice. From there, I'll go to my number five. And uh, I am going to choose a film from The of the Rock. Maybe his greatest rival of all time. Oh. Mm-hmm. A man whose final match was against The Rock, as a matter of fact, at WrestleMania 19. And he lost to The Rock in a proper fashion, then went on to try to conquer Hollywood in his own way. And his first major leading role was a film that was basically a takeoff on the uh, action classic Battle Royale. It was called Mm. The Condemned. I'm talking about the <laughs> Snake Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, I figured this would be on your list somewhere, man. I knew you wouldn't let it go. Let me tell you, The Condemned, this is another one I went and saw it in the theaters. And again, I knew the film wasn't going to be original. Sure. Uh, here's, premise, here's the premise of it. Uh, Twelve criminals are dropped onto an island that no one knows where it is. There's cameras all over the island. They have to fight to the death. Whoever survives gets a million dollars, they get freedom and they get off the island. And the whole thing is being streamed live on the internet. So it's a take off of Battle Royale. Royale. In the 80s, there was a film called The Running Man with Schwarzenegger in it. And it's the same thing. Arnold's doing the same thing. And Ventura again. Jesse Ventura. (laughs) Yeah, Jesse and Arnold were buddies back in the day. So this is basically the same thing. Going into it, knowing all that, it kicks ass, dude. The fight scenes are great. I love it's, that premise, man. I love that. I love the last man survives premise. It, I, I will watch any movie that has that. And there's an, there's an aspect of it that feels a little bit like the movie The Predator because there are all these alpha males and a couple of alpha females on the island, too, that are fighting. Uh, was it Vinnie Jones is the lead villain in the, the film as well? And uh, I don't know. It's, it's a popcorn flip. You can put that on with a couple of buddies or by yourself, whatever, you know, <laughs> have a beer, have some popcorn and watch Stone Cold Steve Austin dismantle people on a deserted island in a barbaric manner to escape and win his freedom. But of course, the real villains are the producers of this show, the ones that have set up the camera. Of course. Working yes. these guys so that's right. what you're waiting for is you're waiting for Austin to get to the, the slimy TV producer that did this and uh, make sure that bum gets his comeuppance along the way, you know. And it makes you question, like, what is humane? What does it say about the people that are watching this for entertainment all over? <laughs> to ch- okay. The de- <laughs> you're going for the deeper meaning in this one? Does he hit a stunner in it? No, but he does a, okay. great, he does a great boot to the gut. To, okay. Like, that's a nod to the wrestling fans. All right. Uh, it's early in the movie where he kicks a guy in the gut, stunner style. You're waiting for him to get like, oh, here it comes. And then he smashes a guy into a big rock, and that's how yeah. he takes him out. So. so in the early movies, they always try because in in the movie, the rundown that you talked about, of course, the rock fits a rock bottom in like a bar fight. Like he yeah. just rock bottoms somebody through a table. Yeah. Yeah. But you where know, yep, yeah, the rock goes and fights the NFL players in the bar. <laughs> I'm here for it. All right. That's my number Fantastic. five. The Condemned. Here is my very small 
role, but it, it resonates with me greatly. And it's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, let me paint the picture because there are a ton of wrestlers in this movie that also play a very small role. Oh, I know what it is. Including MVP, yeah. Kane, yeah. the great Kali, Mark Henry and the big show. They, they, they're the crew. They're the crew that our, our hero is calling up to, to help him go into battle. And they're led by a man named Frank Corver, who is played by none other than Chris Jericho in one of the greatest comedies of all time, MacGruber, baby. MacGruber. And they run into each other, and it's been a long time, and keeping your body pretty tight. Yeah, man, you know, carried around this, uh, this, uh, this, it might have been an homage to, uh, to Hogan because he calls it a 20 pound python in his pants you know if if you haven't seen mcgruber you got to because it's a fantastic one but it's very like very filthy movie so be prepared for that if you're gonna watch it but it's yeah you know and then this back and forth i use with my friends all the time but it's just like you and your dick comments it's fun to say them it's fun to hear them that's why i say them and that's why i listen like just that, like it's like two old friends. Like the way that he delivers it with them. Like Jericho could be a bigger actor than if he really wanted to. Like yeah. the guy got charisma, he's got delivery. But like that 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 scene with him and catching up with McGruber. I mean, I love the movie. I love the performance. But yeah, you're building all this up, and I'm like, holy shit! I didn't know all these guys were in it. And I'll go ahead and spoil it. They all explode. <laughs> In a van, like minutes Very later, scene. Yeah, in the <laughs> and he's yelling at the top of his lungs, like, "Ah, are you okay? Are you okay, Tug? Talk to me!" And like the van is on fire. Like it's apparent that they've all been instantly, completely obliterated. But it's just like, oh man, did not see that one coming. I didn't see them arriving, and I did not see them exiting that quickly. The whole thing is super quick. It was super hilarious, in my opinion. In my sick, I, sick opinion. I didn't know those guys were in the movie either until I saw it. And, uh, you know, on uh, Monday Night Raw, they started to do this thing about 10, 12 years ago. They almost treated it kind of like Saturday Night Live, where they would have a celebrity guest every week that was the host oh, yeah. of Raw. And one week, it was McGruber in character. That's who the oh, host was. In character? I love it. Yeah. And there was a lot of back and Jericho at the time was a bad guy. So there was a lot of this funny interaction between the two in these backstage interview segments. And I think at the end of Raw, McGruber ends up costing Jericho a match or something like trips him, you know, makes him lose kind of deal. Mm -hmm. And then uh, a couple weeks later, the movie comes out. Eventually I watched it. It's like, oh, I had no idea half the WWE was in this movie. <laughs> right? You got the great scene where they're all walking side by side or whatever. The camera's panning to each one of the wrestlers. Yeah. And then, of course, the death scene in the band is very funny. To Ryan's point, very, very good. Yeah. I mean, and they just came out with like the uh, the TV show for Peacock. And it, I, I, I'm, I'm sad yeah, to say that it, it is not very good. But oh, man. Yeah. But uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it, it doesn't live up, but you know, the movie, the movie lives on. I own that as well, and I've watched it. I'm not even gonna be embarrassed to say at least thirty times, dude. Like it's one of my favorite comedies of all time, dude. If if you like truly, absolutely tasteless humor, I mean, like there, it's all just abhorrent, like. I want to know how much of it was just him going off the dome versus what was actually scripted. But I mean, another fantastic Val Kilmer performance, by the way, as, as the lead bad guy, Kunth. I did say a TH on there for the record. His name is, his name is Kunth. And, uh, Oh dude, it's, it's, it's uh, unbelievably funny. Felipe. Is that his last? Is it Felipe or Felipe? Ryan, Ryan Felipe. We'll go. Felipe. Ryan Felipe. I like Felipe. I like Felipe. So, uh, and Tina Fey, you know, comes back. I never liked the skit on SNL. Like, I didn't even watch the movie in the theater. I did not. My buddy swore by it, made me watch it, and I, I was literally crying in it. I was laughing so hard. 
Ryan Felipe is the best thing out of this whole podcast we're doing today. Felipe. Felipe. That's I'm usually the- I'm usually good with those guys because like every actor with the name Ryan, I'm usually like in solidarity with them, man. But I can a- never get his right. I saw That's Studio a- 54 in the theater, man. Like I try to support my guy. That is such a dad thing. To, like that's a thing where, uh, like, if one of your sons was a teenager and they were going to go see his film, we're going to go see the new Ryan Phillippe movie. Oh, you're going to go see the new Ryan Felipe movie, huh? You know, oh, I like that Felipe. He's a good guy. He's good. He's good. I liked him. I liked him in that sniper TV show. Oh yeah, he's good. Shooter, All right. shooter. That's the one. I got a lot of choices here for my sixth and final pick. Obviously. How are you going to rule it out, man? Well, I want to talk through. Oh, no, you can't because you're not the last pick. I was like, do you want to talk through your you're mindset? Because I don't want to steal or be accused of stealing one of your also rants. So. No, I think I know what I'm going to go with. But it's just like I, I got to compare it to other other films starring wrestlers, you know. Um, I've got mine locked and I know you're not going to pick it. So <laughs> I know for a fact. This one, my choice for this one, uh, prior to the Fast and the Furious movies, was probably, and some of the other Marvel superhero movies, was probably the biggest budget, most successful movie that had a pro wrestler. Hmm. And it's a smaller role. It's a Hmm. small role. But it's the first real test for young Peter Parker where he goes one on one with Bonesaw. Oh, yeah. I'm fucking Macho Man Randy Savage. Bonesaw nice. and Spider Man, sir. I love it. I love the pick, but I am going to clap a little bit. I'm going to clap because of your own rules. You said it at the not beginning that you, you would not. Oh, come on. Not a wrestler. Oh, okay. Because I scratched Thunder Lips off my list after because I was trying to keep it on the level playing field after you set up some parameters here. Okay, okay. He's not. He's not. He's, he's like Bonesaw. he's a villain who fights and hurts people for money. In a ring. In a cage, sir. <laughs> yeah, because wrestlers don't do that. Different cage. This is more like <laughs> UFC. <laughs> I'm with it, dude. I love the pick, dude. And I love I, Randy is a troubled but very entertaining man. And I, I, I Bonesaw's ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. All right. Fantastic pick, dude. I love it. It was on my short list. I'm not gonna lie. It was there. I had Thunder Lips ahead of it. Um Thunderlips here. I mean, he's I'm not writer. going to. I'm not going to because this one has deeper meaning than the actual movie itself. Because the movie's not very good, other than campy fun. But uh the year is like 2005 or six. I'm at Blockbuster Video. Oh, and I'm walking around, you know, heavily, uh heavily single. Uh, heavily so I, single. Heavily single. I'm trying to paint the picture. You know, a single man. In his, uh, how old was I in 2005? I wasn't 30 yet, so my late 20s. Just say you're single. I don't know what heavily single. <laughs> <laughs> well, once you realize what I, what I'm painting for you as, okay. as the picture of my evening, I'm heavily single. All right. It's, okay. it's, uh, it's the holidays, man, and I'm, you know, renting a movie to watch by myself. I picked up some eggnog and some rum, and I stumble across. Bill Goldberg starring in Santa's sleigh, baby. And I saw it and I'm like, oh, this is happening, dude. Everything about this screams this. I had like a fifth of Bacardi and like a gallon of of, uh, eggnog. And I went home and fired it, you know, got my blockbuster rental and went in and piled it on and turn it on and all of a sudden there's this dinner scene and i'm like what the hell is chris Kattan doing chris here james Khan, chris <laughs> yeah. like, and elizabeth's in it too all these celebrities are having <laughs> horrible like, what oh. the hell did i just stumble into and all of a sudden he comes rushing in as the evil santa claus that you know there's i won't get too deep into the plot ladies and gentlemen but there's a good Santa Claus and a bad Santa Claus, and they need to battle to find out who's going to rule. I forget, however, thousands of years. Yes. 
it comes up and they need to have the battle to decide if it's going to be good Santa for the next however long or bad Santa. And so the bad Santa's back, but it's not bad Santa. It's that's a different movie. This is Santa slays Bill Goldberg. So he's, you know, stabbing people with icicles and doing all these gory kill scenes. There's a strip club involved and just the, the standard horrible um, Schwarzenegger esque Mr. Freeze one-liners like every time he's killing people it's another like har 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 one-liner dude and it's just it's everything I needed for that evening and it became like a subsequent rental year after year for the holiday season that like I had to it's my annual viewing of Santa Slay I watched it again this year I find a way to do it so it's got a lot of personal meaning to it but it's also just everything that I needed that night and just one night over the holiday season, I, I needed again, a little eggnog, a little rum and, and me with Santa sleigh up late night by myself. Just, Dude, I love this pick. I love it. I love the movie Santa sleigh. <laughs> it is. And I'm a, again, I'm a fan of horror movies, right? I, I love a good comedy horror. Mm-hmm. And if you like, if you like comedy horror movies, if you like things, I'm throwing a few, out, like return of the living dead. Or something like that that you know is it's a comedy, you know, Shaun of the Dead, something like that that's winking at you and it's silly and it's mindless fun. Oh yeah, Santa's that's, I mean, yeah. They're not trying. They're not trying to make anything serious about it. people no. are getting bent, bent in half. Like they're going for like the ridiculous kill shots. Like it's so over <laughs> and fun. everything. I wish I would have picked Santa Slate. It's on my list, and I wish I would have. I just didn't think you would. You caught me off guard. <laughs> I, Surprise! I already have an enormous amount of love and respect for you, sir. But it just went up <laughs> tenfold. Man, I love this. I can't. I can't quantify. I can't put into words how much I love this pick. I your love that we ended it that way. Your last pick is your best pick. Stand a slate. <laughs> you don't have to watch it during the holidays. You can watch it now. But you're right. Like you, Ryan. I watched that during the holidays. By myself, everybody's <laughs> asleep or something like that. Exactly. I get, a, I get a whiskey and coke, and I just laugh my ass off for ninety minutes. <laughs> and as soon as you get to that opening scene, it's again James Con, Chris Kattan, Shannon, <laughs> all these famous people sitting around the dinner table. Like, what are all these famous actors <laughs> right. in this movie? And then Goldberg takes them all out, and you know what? Waste them. Just wastes them. And you're like, this is gonna be fun. It, is. <laughs> it really is, dude. All right, man. Now we don't have time for thirty more movies. Although I crossed a few more off your list, thank goodness. Yes, you um, but give me some of the uh, the leftover ingredients out of this bag. What 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 needs to be mentioned? Well, I think the one that needs to be mentioned, as far as just you go back to the eighties, that's when a lot of these guys for pro wrestlers started to get acting right. roles. And I would throw out Terry Funk in Roadhouse. <laughs> yep, that's on my Terry, list. Terry is the bodyguard in the movie, bouncer, whatever. He's a villain. And I don't think he has one line in it. I don't I don't think he says he one does. thing. What does he, he does. say? Kick your ass he, when he gets that. when he gets fired, when he gets fired, when when Swayze fires him, he's like, you know, this is, this is you made a big mistake or whatever. You know, it's nothing poignant. Yeah. There is a YouTube clip with over 300,000 views. This is just called Roadhouse with only Terry Funk scenes. So you can watch just the scenes that Funk is in, man. But I highly recommend checking that out. But yeah, it's just basically he's the one of the the bad elements of the double deuce when when Swayze comes in and, and he subsequently fires him and then he joins the, you know, well, he probably already was part of the evil gang. He was just planted in there, but so yeah. then you get like when he comes back and tries to disrupt the liquor shipment and they have the fight when Sam Elliott comes into his rescue and yeah, man, Funk. Definitely. So I mean, Terry Funk on there. You, you know, you just mentioned uh, Goldberg in Santa Slay. It's a horror comedy. This one is a serious horror movie. It was actually WWE's first major film release. They did. It did pretty well. Kane and see no evil. It's really a Friday the 13th knockoff when you get down to it. But it's a bunch of teenagers in, a, in an insane asylum. They're supposed to be doing community service, cleaning it up. And it's inhabited <laughs> by a psycho murderer who happens to be Kane, who's killing teenagers because his mom's telling him to. And classic. Classic. Um, 
everyone knows McConaughey and Channing Tatum in Magic Mike, right? We got a lot oh, of yeah. This was on my list too. Kevin Nash is Tarzan. Yeah, he was. Kevin Nash in both films. Both Tarzan. of them, yeah. Uh-huh. So I throw that. That's another one. Like I used to mess with my female friends. Like, oh, we're going to go see Magic Mike. We're all hanging out. We're going to watch Magic Mike. I made a point to be like, what do you guys think of Tarzan? And everyone's like, eh, Tarzan gross. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Admit no, it. he wasn't. Somebody's, somebody's going to think Tarzan's sexy. You just want to admit it. <laughs> And then there's a ton of, I had a bunch of different Hulk Hogan movies on, on my list. We talked about No Holds Barred. Uh, one that was uh, near and dear to my heart because it's a silly family comedy was Suburban Commando. Oh, uh, yeah. The Undertaker has a small role in that one. And then uh, Hogan and Mr. Nanny was another one that was funny to me. Which is the one where he makes the guy say Dookie, the famous, the famous clip. That's, where... no, that's No Holds Barred. That's that isn't no, no Holds Barred? I thought so, but. Yeah, he's got one of the henchmen. What's that smell? What's that smell? <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. It's horrible. But I, I made a 12-year-old uh, Ryan laugh like no other. Yes. And one last one I'll throw out there. Uh, it's Again, it's a horror film. It's a little different. It's not the typical horror film. CM Punk starred in a movie uh, really? a couple of years ago called Girl on the Third Floor. It won some indie awards for horror movies. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's more of a psychological horror movie. Basically, he's he's uh, he's uh, moved into this house. He's rebuilding it. Uh, he's moving his family out of Chicago. He, you know, there's a lot of Chicago ties to it. And it's supposed to take place in rural uh, Illinois. All right, so he's out of Chicago. <laughs> in the house, and there's a neighbor, is this hot girl, and they end up hooking up. Turns out, spoiler, she's not just a neighbor. She's a possessed demon who's trying to <laughs> take over the school. And, you know, yeah. And then craziness ensues. But Girl on the Third Floor is one. You can find that, I think, on Netflix, pretty sure. Would you say she's a butterfly? Oh, tied it in a peacemaker. Look at me go. Yeah. It wasn't that kind of hookup, though, huh? <laughs> No. That might have been the hardest I laughed at Peacemaker so far was that whole hookup and the dance and everything that followed with it, man. Like, as someone who grew up with two older sisters who listened to nothing but 80s hair metal, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the soundtrack to Peacemaker. I thought that song was made up, I did House not of, think that was a real song. House of Pain by Faster Pussycat. My oldest sister, Cassie, would embarrass her right now. Anytime she was going through something as a, you know, a, a sad teenager, we all go through stuff as a teenager. She would go to her room, crank her stereo and play House of Pain by Faster Pussycat at seven in the morning. I just remember my mom to this day hates that song. <laughs> hates that song. My that, parents hated that song because Cassie played it all the time to let everyone know that she was sad about something. And so there's Cena dancing around, spoiler, shirtless. <laughs> More than just in his in his in his skivvies, man. Yeah. <laughs> Every song in that is from some '80s hair metal band. Like none of it just so far, anyways. I'm, I'm, I'm far. Well, I recognize, yeah, I recognize some of the album covers, and I thought like maybe they didn't get the rights, so they just picked one that was like made up to like cover that up. But no, He's yeah, crazy. that's that's my Achilles heel, dude. I, I I I was late to the rock scene, so like the '80s has really escaped me. I know like the big ones, but any kind of offside, b sides, whatever, man. I well, I, I give I tip my cap to James Gunn on on his soundtrack selection for it because it is put it like this, like what uh, Nick Pizzolatto did for True Detective that first season. I was like, man, the music, how did the soundtrack to True Detective? Right, right, right. James Gunn's doing this with a big wink and smile on his face with 80s hair metal. It's stuff that, like, if you were into that scene, like, yeah, Motley Crue's okay, but have you listened to the Bullet Boys? Yeah. <laughs> you know? He's oh. hitting the, the record store guys are like, okay, okay. Yeah. All oh, right. you're into Poison? How about a little Slaughter? How about a little Faster Pussycat? How about, you know, so. All right, all right. Yeah, it's well done. He's, well he's, done. he's flexing. He's flexing yeah. a little bit. Yeah. All right, buddy. I think we uh, we we baked a proper meal here, man. The bag is full. I appreciate Ooh. you coming on. Um, as always, 
fans, friends, thanks for listening again. Uh, leave that five-star review if you don't mind. I'd certainly appreciate it. You can find this on anywhere. Check out Good Pods sometime. They've been really doing wonderful things, uh, finding indie and supporting indie podcasters. So if you want to check that out as a way to listen to your podcast, you can discover a lot of new ones there. Um, and follow me on social media at Pain Pro, P-A-I-G-N. I've gotten to the point where even when I was uh, searching for Pain and Gain on, on Google, I spell it P-A-I-G-N. So I'm... <laughs> I'm the opposite way, but I know a lot of people don't don't know champagne as well. So P-I-G-N-P-R-O recently added Instagram. So there, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, man. I appreciate it. Take it easy, Curtis. All right, Ryan. Thanks for having me, man.